Praise God. Bless his wonderful name. Well, if you have your Bibles, turn to James chapter 5, verse 12. Again, we'll begin reading at James chapter 5 and verse 12. And it reads, But above all things, my brethren, do not swear either by heaven or by the earth or by any other oath, but let your yes be yes and your no be no. That you do not fall into condemnation in some uh, version says judgment. Do not fall into judgment. You know, we're living in the day of time, day and time where a lot of people, they just swear by. For any reason, you know, the kids, they'll say, look, I put it on my mama. I put it on this. I put it on that. In fact, I remember in college. I know this guy, he, he, he would say, make a statement such as, I swear before liver cheese. And I, the first time I heard him say that, I think I was just shocked. I swear before liver cheese. But he would say, I swear before liver, liver cheese. And he would have a straight face. And he was serious. You all, the word of God tells us, do not swear by any oath. You know, now I'm not speaking against, you know, um, if you're in court and, and and they ask you to, you know, to put your hand on the Bible and swear, you know, I'm not referring to that, but I'm talking about just in your everyday conversation or do not swear at all. You know, so now let's look at it. Why does the word God tell us not to swear? Always remember this. When God is telling you not to do something, it's for your benefit. And believe it or not. When God tells you not to do something, you better believe the, the reason why he's doing it is because the enemy is lying in wait. He's trying to set up a trap for you. And oftentimes, listen, no, not oftentimes. God always is trying to put you in a position where he can bless you. But he's also through his word would give us warnings. Now, the word of God says, once again, do not swear. Do not swear. Now. Let's look at it. When you swear, what, what, what's really happening here? When you make an oath? Well, first of all, um, I can tell you this. There has to be a lot of pride. What do you mean? Well, for you to swear by something, that means you absolutely convinced that whatever you're swearing is the absolute truth. Well, the problem with that is this. We only see and know in part. Let me say it another way. You never know what's in a person's heart. You never know what's in a person's heart. You know, um, I'm reminded uh, years ago when I was teaching, uh, when I was a band director, every now and then, not often, but every now and then I'll have to call a parent regarding their child's behavior. And uh, and I would say, you know, tell the parents, you know, your, your child did blah, blah, blah. And then every now and then that parent re would reply and say, well, no, I know my child didn't do that because I know my child. I know what my child will do and I know what they will not do. Well, you know, thank God for wisdom. And then I would reply back. I said, well, I understand that. But, you know, did your parents know everything you did in high school? Was they aware of everything you did and a hundred percent of the time, the parents would say, no, no, they know everything I did. And then they would get the point. And, you know, I see your point. You're right. And, you know, the thing about it is sometimes we, you know, through pride, we have such confidence in the flesh or people. But you don't know people. 
You know what's in, you don't do not know what's in a person's heart. You know, the closest union on earth between individuals is is a husband and wife marriage. You know, there's many times, you know, we've heard different stories where one spouse is shocked that their spouse did such and such. You know, I mean, you know, they may have known this person for 20 years, been married for decades, but you don't know what's in a person's heart. So when you swear, you're acting as if you are God, as if you are all knowing. Once again, we only know and see in part. Man looks on the outside, but God looks at the heart. We're not God. We cannot see the totality of a person's heart. When you swear by something, you're saying that I know this, or it can be a situation. You don't know the situation, the motives or the angles. You, you don't know it all. So the word of God says, do not swear. Do not swear period now once again if we should do so it gives the enemy he'll have access to us and we never want the enemy to have access to us we never want the enemy to have access to us but when you swear think about the enemy has been on this earth for a long time he will devise traps for you to to ensnare you the word of god says we're snared by the words of our own mouth, of our mouth. We're snared by our own words. Furthermore, the word of God tells us that life, I'm sorry, death and life is in the power of the tongue. The enemy loves to set traps up for you to say something that you really didn't mean to say, or you meant to say it based on the information that you have. Let me say it this way. The limited information that we have. The enemy will try to press you and push you to say things or to swear. He's setting up a trap for you, for me, for us. So once again, the word of God, this is for our protection. Do not swear. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. Now, uh, if you have your Bibles, turn to Genesis chapter 31. We give you a biblical example of what happened when you swear. What can happen, I should say. While we're turning there, let me give you the backdrop. Jacob, Jacob, for fear of his life, he's run away from home because he tricked Esau, his brother, and he knew that Esau was after him. So out of fear, he ran for his life. And while he, you know, during his journey to his uncle Laban's house, you know, God appeared before him, or I should say, the angel, the stairways of heaven. He saw a vision in his dream, or saw a dream, I should say, and uh, and made a covenant with God. And God honored that covenant. If you would clothe me, feed me, protect me, you know, I'll give a tenth of my tithe. That was his covenant towards God. Now, we know the word of God says when he got to his uncle Laban's house, Laban changed his wages 10 times we also know furthermore you know Laban tricked him he fell in love with Rachel when he first saw her but uh, Laban tricked him into marrying Leah first and as a result he ended up working 14 years 
for Rachel. Now, but God sees and he knows all. And so the Lord gave him a plan because the Lord saw what Laban did for to him. And so uh, the Lord basically, in a nutshell, there was a great wealth transfer from Laban's household to Jacob's. And you can read the word of God, how God did it. So basically all of Laban's wealth was transferred to J- to Jacob. Now, let's start reading at uh, we'll begin reading at Genesis chapter 31. And it says, now, Jacob heard the words of Laban's son, saying, Jacob has taken away all that was our father's and he has gotten all his wealth from what was our father's. Jacob saw the look of Laban and saw he was not congenial towards him as before, or he did not look at him as favorable. You know, we all can tell when someone, when things are not quite right, you know, the person give you that, that look where, you know, things are not as good as, as, as they once were. Well, this is exactly what happened to brother Jacob. And so let's look at the next verse. It says, then the Lord said to Jacob, return to the land of your fathers, to your family, and I will be with you. So Jacob got his two wives, Rachel and and Leah and his sons and his family. And they just well, he waited to an for an opportunity. He waited for an opportunity. Laban went away to go shear the sheep and Jacob knew he was going to be away for a while. And so when Laban left, that's when Jacob and his family, they struck out and they left to go toward the land of his fathers. Now, the word of God says that Laban got word that Jacob left with all with his daughters and his grandchildren. And the word. Now, this is the third day he was away. The word of God says Laban pursued Jacob for seven days. Now, let me tell you something. Anytime someone is pursuing you for seven days, they really want you. They are angry. They are upset with you. Laban did not look favorable, favorable towards Jacob. But how many all understand? Once again, Jacob had a covenant with almighty God. Y'all know we serve a good God. God appears to Laban in a dream and basically tells him, hey, do not say anything bad against Jacob. Do not do anything bad or say anything bad towards Jacob. And so Laban catches up with Jacob and he says, look, what, listen, why'd you leave like this? And I'm paraphrasing. Listen, man, you should have left where we had a celebration. You all could have left with, 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 with harps and music playing. I could have kissed my daughters and my grandchildren, but you didn't do things right. In fact, the word of God says, he said, you acted foolishly and it is in my power to harm you. However, you, the God of your fathers came to me in a vision last night and said, do not say anything good or bad against Jacob. And this is where we began reading at Genesis chapter 31, verse 29. And it says, now you surely have gone away, but you long desperately after your father's house. Yet why have you stolen my gods? Let's look at Jacob's reply. Then Jacob answered and said to Laban, because I was afraid. For I thought that you would take your daughters from me by force. But anyone with whom you find your gods, let him not live in the presence of our kinsmen or our our relatives. Point out what I have, what I have that is yours and take it. For Jacob did not know that Rachel had stolen them. Now let's look at this. 
Jacob's reply. Look, anyone who's taken your who has taken your gods, they let them not live in the presence of all of our relatives right here. The word of God says so. But he did not know that Rachel took the gods, his idols. If you have your Bible, let's turn to Genesis chapter 35. Genesis chapter 35. And this we begin reading at uh, verse 16. It says they journeyed from Bethel. And when they were still, there was still some distance from Ephrath. Rachel went into labor and she had a difficult labor. When she was in hard labor, the midwife said to her, do not fear. You will have the son also as her soul was departing from front for she as her soul was departing for she died. She called his name Benoni, but his father called him Benjamin. Rachel died and was buried in the way to basically Bethlehem. Now, this is just a few chapters later. Rachel died in childbirth. Now let's look at this. At the time, Jacob did not know that Rachel stole the gods. Laban did not find the gods. However, what he said rang throughout time. What he said rang throughout time. What did he say once again? Whoever who stole your gods, let them not live. You all, once again, the word of God says, do not swear. You know, you can be setting judgment up for yourself. Let's dig a little deeper. Now, Jacob, his wife is now dead. Now, some of y'all may say, well, you know, brother Paris, that, that, you know, we don't know if that was tied to. Well, let's look at something. Did anyone else in their household die of an early age? A lot of them made it to the promised land. Well, not the promised land, I should say. But a lot of them made it to Egypt. But Rachel died early. Let's dig a little deeper. Remember, Jacob had a covenant. Now, if anything, we know his sons were protected, was, was, was under his covenant. But we also know his wives were. God is a covenant keeping God. But what undid the, the covenant that Jacob had with God? His own words. When he said out of his own mouth, whoever stole your gods, that person will not live in the presence of all our relatives here. It seems to me that when Rachel completed her destiny, which was that bear him these two sons, Joseph and Benjamin. As she was giving birth to Benjamin, her soul passed. She died. You all, let me tell you something. We trace God. This is not God's plan for anybody. Now, let's look for a moment. Abram, Abraham, you know, after he had Isaac in his old age, he was 100 years old. Do you know he still lived 75 years longer and enjoyed Isaac. Let's think about the type of God we serve. We serve a good God, not an evil God. We serve a good God. Now let's look at it. Jacob worked for Rachel for 14 years and he was tricked. You know, God had nothing planned, but, but plans for Jacob and Rachel to have a good life. 
but the words out of his mouth cause the death of his wife. Some of y'all still may, may not be convinced, but let me give you another, make another point here. When we look at the lives of Jacob's sons, now we know Jacob was a trickster, but his sons were something else. They were on a whole nother level. And what do you mean? Well, the word of God says that they camped after this incident, they camped outside of this city and their sister, they had a sister named Dina and Dina wanted to hang out with some of the other young ladies. After all, she had nothing but brothers to hang with. So she hung out with some of the young ladies in the city and the king's son looked, saw her and, and liked her and basically he raped her. And uh, but she did love him. And so the king tried to make it right. He went to to Jacob and said, hey, look, um, make pay your name, your price. I want your daughter for my son. My son loves her. Well. Jacob said fine, but now the brothers was upset that the king's son raped their sister. And so the brothers added something to it. He said, well, look, it's our custom that any male that my sister marries, they must be circumcised. So the king took it to the city and all the males in the city agreed that all of them would become circumcised. And I think after like a day or two or maybe the third day after they were circumcised, some of the, some of Jacob's sons went and killed all of the men in the city. Every last man in the city. And they took their their sister away from that place. Now, when Jacob found out about it, he was furious. He told his son, he told his son, said, listen, do you know what you just what you've just done? When all the other nations hear what you've done, they're going to come after us. Well, Jacob took his family and traveled. But do you know why he was traveling? Not one country or nation or tribe or anything attacked him. Why is that? Because he had a covenant with God. Now, let's look at something. What his sons did in the natural, you killed, you wiped out an, an entire city of all the men, killed every last one of them. But yet no harm came to you. You all we're talking about. Listen, the power of your covenant. That's a very powerful. Covenant, but yet guess what? It didn't matter how powerful the covenant was. Jacob's own tongue did away with the covenant that he had as a protection as relates to Rachel. You all do not swear. Now, let me give you some true stories, some modern day examples of this. Um, but before I go on, I need to make this point. What makes swearing very dangerous outside of what God told you not to do it is when you're in a position of leadership, when you say certain things, when you have the power and the authority to make what you say happen, you become very dangerous. That's why I listen, even though it's God's method, when he elevates you, you let me say something, you're going to be humbled. Listen, we have to walk with humility and oftentimes God will allow certain things to happen to us. He's not going to let, you know, he's going to protect us, but he'll allow us to experience some things. So we know, you know, so we can walk with a degree of humility so we can be pleasing to the father. You know, the word of God says the trying of our faith worketh patience. So let's look at this at times when you're in a position of a great influence and authority. Be careful what you say. Think about it once again. 
who's talking to you, who's talking through you when you make such prideful uh, statements, it's the enemy. Think about this. You've never had an original thought. All of our thoughts is either uh, influenced by God or the enemy. Every last thought that we have is either influenced by God or the enemy. Now, so when God places you in leadership, you have to walk in that much more humility. The word of God says he resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Now we're talking about do or it's not to swear. Do not swear. Now there's a situation where this guy, he was a big bishop. Now all this is outside of the state. He was a big bishop and there was a, a, a man who, who's done the work. And, uh, but for whatever reason, this bishop did not want him to become a bishop. And he said, as long as he's living, that individual will never become a bishop. Now, let's let's stop right here for a moment. One of the reasons why it's so dangerous to swear, why we, we, we why the why the word of God tells us not to swear is because what you say, what if it's contrary to God's will or plans for that person? Will your will be done or will his will be done? In other words, God's will be done. Is it either God's will or your will? Well, I can tell you now, God's will will be done. His will will be done on the earth. And the only person that can stop his will it, from, a, from an individual perspective is ourselves. But if that person is in agreement with God, it doesn't matter what position you're in or how powerful you are. You will lose. Well, after this, this bishop made this statement, I mean, right after, shortly after he, he got sick and he died and he died suddenly. And it's interesting, after he died, that person who he said would never um, uh, be a, become a bishop. It's interesting. He became a, a bishop right away. Now, just look at what he said. As long as I'm living, this person will not become a bishop that person set judgment and let me say it this way that person fell into judgment as long as i am living once again who gave him that thought it wasn't from god if god tells us not to swear we know that that thought was not authored by god it was not authored from god the enemy will set you up for your own demise when the word of God tells us not to do something, we should take heed and not do it. Let me give you another example. And I actually heard this this person uh, give us testimony. This person is an accomplished musician. I mean, he's he's written so many great songs that we all know, you know, in the gospel world. But he was giving his testimony. He said, you know, he was he was very young. He was learning how to play the piano, but his father stopped his lessons. And his father said, no son of mine will ever become a musician. Well, I guess the father has some issues with musicians. Well, uh, right after he made that statement, I mean, right after he got sick and left and, and died quickly. And it's interesting. That son of his became a major musician, songwriter. Once again, he has produced so many gospel albums and songs. But the point is this. His father had some authority. And when his father made that statement, 
he basically was saying, I don't care what's going on. Now, he was ignorant of the part. He didn't realize no, know what he was doing, but yet he was sincere in what he said to the point that he set a judgment for himself because he was going to stop the destiny that God had for that young man, for his son. He had the power and the authority to do so. But once again, when we say certain things, we fall into judgment. The word of God says, above all, do not swear. In other words, this is one of God's top priority. Do not swear. Once again, why does God tell us not to do so? Because he's trying to protect us from the wicked one. When we swear, we make certain prideful statements, especially when you're in leadership position and you have the power and the authority to back up what you say as it relates to another person. You're in on dangerous ground because what if it's God's will for that person to be promoted and you're saying that they won't will not be promoted once again, whose will will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You will never trump God's will for a person. You will never trump it. Do not swear. Listen, you all, God loves us. And that's why he's sending this message. So listen, we all have made mistakes. If you made mistakes and, and saying certain things about different people, especially if you're in a position of authority, ask God to forgive you. The word of God says, once again, he resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. The Lord wants to reveal or shed some light on this area where the enemy attacks us and he'll attack us. And we don't even know why things are happening to us. It is not God's will for anyone to swear. Do not swear. It is a trap. The enemy is lying in wait to set a snare, a trap for you. And if you get especially, especially a position of authority, when you say certain things, you license the enemy to attack you in that area. Could it be that our own tongues can be the, our demise and uh, uh, be the reason why we have an early demise on this earth? Because of what we said? Yes. So what's the point here? Do not swear. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. Amen. Give God a hand clap of praise.